Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So God is among us. So I'm just really thinking about the song of Christmas. There's many songs of Christmas. What's your favorite song? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. My favorite song is by Boys to Men, Let It Snow. There's no Christian reference, but I love the harmony. You know, um, I think you like Mariah Carey. This is a secular leadership. Mariah Carey, um, All I Want for Christmas. I love Mahalia Jackson. You know, she just goes deep, you know, for like five minutes. I think I can really be, I'm, I'm really delusional. I think I really sound like Mahalia, you know. Oh, I mean, it's, you know, but it's Christmas, you know, there's hope for us all. And so with all these songs, I've been rediscovering the original song, an original song. It's Mary's song. Oh, Mary's song. I've been challenged with that song that we will really be talking about today. But before I do that, I want to set a scriptural framework for us to to go into. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for you. I thank you, Lord, that you did not leave us comfortless. You did not leave us without a Savior. I ask, Lord God, that you will just rest in this place today, that your Holy Spirit will be resident not only in our hearts, But in this place, may we feel your tangible presence and may we see you as you are glorious. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And so our anchor scripture, not for just today, but just for the whole series, is going to be Matthew 1.23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel. Wow. And they shall call him Emmanuel. And the significance of that name, it's not that it's just a powerful name. It signifies that God is with us. God is with us. We will call, we will call him Emmanuel. We will call him God is with us. The divine intersecting with the humanity. How often do we miss the divine in all our getting, in all our lights, in all our gifts, and what we're going to bring to the Christmas party? Those things are great, but we can walk past the divine. And we want to just draw your attention to that in this series. God, how do you want to show up for Christmas? Amen? How does God want to manifest his power and his anointing on Christmas? See, we look at Christmas as a religious or a traditional thing. And tradition is good. I'm not knocking tradition. But often with tradition, we forget the supernatural. Amen? We don't say, God, what do you want to show me at Christmas? Oh, Lord, I just thank you for that. And, and so, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. 
and they should call him Emmanuel. Matthew clearly understands this is literally, this was, Jesus was born to a virgin. You know, oftentimes it's a question of, you know, is this literal or is this figuratively? No, there was a miracle in there. And the Holy Spirit is all over this text. God's creative power is all over this text. And Christ's body was created directly by the power of God. That's what it implies. So if we're receiving that power, then we shall be imitators of Christ. Don't you want to be imitators of Christ this Christmas? Don't you want to break out of the monotony and say, Lord, who will you have me speak to? Who would you have me share Emmanuel with? And, and so in this Christmas series, we would take a look at various aspects of this miracle and how God's creative power intersects with this with the ordinary. So I titled this first message in the series, A Song for Your Christmas Playlist. Yes, A Song for Your Christmas Playlist. I want you to do one thing for me. I want you to turn to Luke 46, and then I want us to watch this movie clip because I think it will really set the tone for what we're trying to um, accomplish here before we get into Mary's song. They can show that. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Beautiful. This response to the miraculous. I think sometimes when we look at the whole story of Jesus and Mary, we forget that there were some problems there. Amen? We just look at it as this pious, this reverential respect for Mary. But there were some significant problems. She was a young woman. She was engaged, but she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That sounds cute. But in reality, in reality, that was a detriment to her. She risked the, the, being stoned, you know. She, she really... Uh, Joseph, who she was betrothed to, engaged to, she didn't know how he would respond. And if it wasn't for the intervention of the angel confirming that this is so, she would have been distraught. And so what I want to focus on is Mary's response to the divine. Because oftentimes the divine is right in front of us, but our response is not one of praise. It's not one of 
reflection. It's not one of adoration. It's a response of, well, how are you going to do this? Well, what if Joseph doesn't accept? Well, 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 what, well, what am I supposed to do? What are the resources? But it was something about her response. So we saw this clip when she, after she knew she was pregnant, she went to a relative. This relative was Elizabeth. And some background information about her, her husband was a priest named Zacharias, who was pretty much elderly. And Elizabeth was a woman of mature woman, past the age of child rearing. Come on now, you gotta see the miracle of this. You have to see the miracle of this. And she is going to visit Elizabeth. And Elizabeth tells her, how blessed are you? You saw the baby leaped in her womb, but she said, you are blessed because you believed and you received what the angel said to you. How often when God shows up with a plan for our lives and we say, I don't want that. We don't say, I don't want that. But we, I, I got to pray about it. But her response was one of praise. Her song was one of praise because she knew that this was a creative miracle. And her response was to use her creative words back to the Lord. Amen. You got to see this. We have to use the creative power on the inside of us or fear would jump in. Our analytical ideas would jump in. Our intellect would jump in. This did not make sense, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we just read this story. Oh, she was born of, born of a virgin. And it's like, no, 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 we're missing the miracle here. The miracle is that God helped her to conceive the son, who was God, who became man. Oh, that's beautiful. There's a lot of creative power happening here, and we can skip over it in our decorations. And should we gift wrap or get a gift bag? We can miss the power of his, cre his creative power that should be at work in our lives if we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. What evidence of the divine is in your life? We should look different than the world. Oh, we will be with trouble, but our response should be one of praise and adoration. And so let's hear her response. So Elizabeth says some great things to her, and this is Mary's song back to her. And she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Underline that word magnify. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Underline humble and servant if you, if you have a Bible. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy, underline that, is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. 
Underline that word. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has filled the hungry with great things. He has filled the hungry with good things. How many of you are hungry today? How many of you are hungry for sometimes the things that we want, but it's not what God wants us to have? So we look the other way. But we must believe that every good thing comes from the Father above. He has helped his servant Israel. So now she's going broad with it in remembrance of his mercy. And he has spoke to our fathers. So here, here's where we're going today. Mary's song has a power to inspire us to receive great things from God. Mary's song has a power to help us receive good things from God. So let's talk about how this happens. So, oh, magnify the Lord, magnify. Mary magnified the Lord over her tough situation. Teenage mother, uh, she doesn't know how Joseph's going to respond. She has to, lunatic uh, King Herod is trying to kill all the firstborns. There was a lot of turmoil. And I don't want you to think that it was easy to respond the way she did. It was an automatic response. What is your automatic response to when God intervenes in your life? Is it judgment? Is it, I don't know about that. But is it praise? She just gave back those words, those words that were in Isaiah. You can tell she was a good Jewish girl because it, it kind of is reminiscent of Hannah's song. Amen? And, and so uh, she's just restore, just giving him back what she's given, what he has given to her. So in this tough situation, her response was praise. It was verbal. And she was creating an environment of trust. That automatic response. What's that automatic response? Is it intellect? Is it analysis? Is it fear? Is it anger? Or is it Lord, I just thank you. <laughs> Lord, I believe that you're going to do this thing because I am weak, but you are strong. What is our response? And you say, oh, preacher, that, that doesn't make sense. I'm not pie. I'm not that perfect. It's just reading the word and, and speaking the word back to our father. See, we complicate a thing. So what you put in is what you give back. Oh, goodness. So God's given creative power to her, to Elizabeth. Uh, I think of Zacharias because Zacharias did not have that response when Elizabeth was pregnant. Remember that? He didn't have that response. He was like, oh, you know I'm old and you know my wife is old. And then what did God do? He shut up his mouth. Because we can create an environment of doubt by the words we speak. It's what you speak. So we have the power to transform our minds by putting the word of God in us. That is all, ladies and gentlemen, because the word of God is life. And in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. So if we believe that this word is a living, living, breathing, full of power. I remember when I was recovering, I would just read the word of God and my body would quicken because the word of God has life in it. And we must believe that if we are to really see 
and really change our appetites to see. I was outside yesterday. My neighbors thought I was crazy because I was just outside just singing and worshiping. Why? Because I wanted to set the atmosphere. I wanted my neighbors to hear me because I was just so thankful for his mercy in my life. And so sometimes we just get so worried about interrupting people's comfort level. Jesus is coming back, and we have a responsibility to not only celebrate Christmas and, and play white elephant at work, but we have a responsibility to tell them about Christ. And Christmas is a perfect time when people are more generous. People are very generous. People are, you know, paying it for it, buying my Starbucks. I'm like, this is great. But we have to use this time to really magnify the Lord. And it's interesting because I'm sure she didn't understand all the details, but her response was not, well, I don't think so. It was, oh, magnify the Lord. And Elizabeth said, blessed is she who believed that there will be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Magnify, it means to make great, to extol, to uplift, to celebrate and praise. And, and he would take care of the rest. He took care of Joseph. He took care of the relative who opened up her home to him. God takes care of the rest. All he wants is our response of faith. If we want to please God, all we have to do is, sometimes my prayer is, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to believe you're going to, you're going to do it. I don't have to have this revelation all the time. Revelation should not always precede faith. That's what made this sweet. That's what made this awesome. And then I, I think of, um, you know, uh, another thing I pulled out of this is that she magnified the, the rescuing power. She kept talking about how he rescued the weak and he cared about the, the helpless. I think that's good because in a way, she could have talked about how helpless she was, but she was putting him in remembrance of who he was. Oh, that's so good. So. What you magnify, you attract. What you magnify, you attract. So if you want the presence of God in your life, magnify him. Not your problems, not your theories. Magnify the Lord, because he is the one thing that never changes. And, and, and I just want you to really... Ask God over the next few weeks at Christmas time, how am I to magnify you more in those situations I don't see clearly? How can I do that? You're still good if I'm going through this financial problem. You're still good if I have a child that's out there living a wayward life. You're still good. And I think oftentimes we have this conditional praise. I don't feel like worshiping today. I don't feel like going to church because I'm going through some things. And sometimes doing that is an act of faith. Sometimes when I come to church, sometimes where I enter his presence, it's not because I'm feeling it. It's because I got to give him praise. And then I feel it because the creative power just gets stirred up in me. Amen? And so this part, this part right here messed me up. I got to admit, I had some confession to do because Mary was too humble. I mean, come on. She was humble. 
I mean, and, and I struggle with humility sometimes, as we all do. But Mary was actively humble throughout this song. I mean, she was going to be the mother of God. I mean, I want to think that I would have had that response. But in the reality, I think I would have maybe purchased the cake. And just, you know, or maybe something more subtle, more like a t-shirt saying, chosen, 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 dot, dot, dot. Hey, Yolanda, what does that mean? Oh, just, I'm hiding things in my heart. <laughs> and it would have been terrible. I, I would like to think that I would have had this response like Mary, but the reality is God chose Mary for a reason. <laughs> and not me. You know, that false humility, you know, that would have been me with the cape. Why is she walking around with a cape? Because she had a right, you know, in, in human, human terms, you know, she had a right, like, oh boy, you know, you know how we are with our children, right? We think they're the best thing sometimes. And so she had a right, but no, she was humble. She even extended her grace and her mercy and her praise for the people of Israel. Oh boy, so she did not receive the glory for herself. She extended it to those in need. Oh, that's good. That's good. What is in your heart comes out in crisis. And she was in a crisis. She was in a crisis. And so God favors the humble. He does. He loves the humble. And this song has been playing in my spirit because she says in different translations, it says, God is mindful of us. Oh, that's good. You are mindful. Saying that my great-grandmother used to say something, and I never understood it until she passed away. She would say, baby, he didn't have to do it, but he did. And I would say, what is that? Oh, grandma, you know, whatever. And I thought about that. She would always say that when a miracle happened or just when we were eating dinner and she would say grace, she would say, he didn't have to do it, but he did. And that just created an environment of thankfulness. And so just really this Christmas, think about someone else. Think about someone else. I think we magnify our situation so much that that's all we can see is what we're going through, our depression, our anxiety, our sickness. And we're not, we're missing these opportunities to use our gifts and to speak life, the divine among us. God is among us, and he loves us so much, and he is compassionate, but he wants us to share that compassion with others. Amen? So the humility of Mary, I love that. The word became flesh. Her son was God. He did not think it, um, he, he did not think his equality with God was something to cling to. I love that. He, this was a miracle on so many levels, how he was conceived. The fact that he came and the fact that he was God and human. And, and I think that's awesome as I read the different uh, gospels and how one focuses. I love John because you see more the divine and then I love Luke. You can tell he's a doctor and he just gives you all the details but that's one I like to listen to the most. And then Mark is just this exciting big details emphasizing the miracles 
And so you have this, this emphasis of all the Gospels talking about Jesus, who is power, who is God and man. That's the miracle, ladies and gentlemen. And Mary delighted in his mercy. Do you delight in God's mercy? Do you delight that he is forgiving you daily? Do you thank God for his mercies daily? Oh, that's good. And the original, text, the original text, I was closed with this part on humility. It really implies when she's calling herself a servant that she is at the bottom of the bottom, that she sees herself as lowly. You have to get that. The posture here is humility. It's not just an act because you can do something that may appear humble, but your posture is all wrong, right? It says, God, Jesus says, do something for someone who has no ability to repay you. Even the sinners give to get back, right? So, you know, we're patting ourselves on the back, you know, for doing something that even people who don't know Christ would do. Ask him, how does he want you to look at humility in a different way this Christmas? You know, slow down. Reflect. Sometimes it's a blind spot. We're not even recognizing. But in all our rushing and all of our doing, slow down and just say, God, I thank you. I thank you because you're good. If you do not bless me any further, I'm good. We're rich, ladies and gentlemen, compared to every, people, every other country in the world. Most, we are rich. Do you have a, a toilet that flushes in your house? Praise God. But we forget, and we, we become entitled, and we want more. And until God blesses me, I can't praise him. And God is saying, oh, I love you. My humility attracts the favor that you're praying for. Oh, boy, my favor. So when you go low, God lifts you up. And I love um, that scripture in James that talks about that. It said, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's Jesus' brother who said that. <laughs> it says, um, you know, I think of, you know, when we humble ourselves in the sight of God, what does that mean? You know, what does that mean when we humble ourselves in the sight of God? Does it mean that I'm in this dilemma and I don't know what to do, but I will wait on you? I would not move in haste. I would not listen to everyone that's saying, you have a right, you should respond this way. Sometimes it may be just to wait, right? And sometimes it may be just to forgive, even if, they don't, if the person who hurts you doesn't recognize their role in hurting you. Sometimes you have to bless people with forgiveness, even though they do not confess wrongdoing, it's called grace. It's called grace. Grace multiplied. Mercy multiplied. You know, sometimes we, we're in bondage and we're tied because she didn't come to me. He didn't call me. And you're right. You may be right. But it's not humble. And I'm not telling you to live a life without boundaries. But I'm telling you to acknowledge God in all your ways. 
God, I know I handled this before, like this four years ago, but it's 2019, and it's about to be 2020, and maybe you're doing something different in my life. And maybe you want to grow me in ways that I can't even think of right now. Maybe I can't see it. The divine, we can't see it sometimes. But humility means that we are acting like we care about what God thinks about every decision we make. Just, just a posture. Maybe you're not seeing it from all angles. I know I don't. Until, you know, someone like my husband goes, well, you know, it may be. I'm like, I'm not ready for that. It's too much truth. I'm, I have to go to my prayer closet. No. Maybe she, oh, no, mm, I got to go. But, uh, yeah, okay, you're probably right. You want coffee? Too much truth. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. But just an angle. God, that, that difficult coworker, that family member, that ex-husband, that ex-wife that has hurt you and you have a right to stick it to him. Maybe God is saying, come up. Because he wants to take you somewhere else, but you're still tied to the past because they did me wrong. Who's winning? God still loves you. You're going to make it to heaven, but you never reach the heights that you were designed to reach because we're not humble in those areas where we need to be. And so this song was very unnerving to me at first. I started really... Uh, listening to it and meditating on it early October, and, and I didn't really get excited about it till like mid-November. <laughs> because I, you know, once you start replaying something and speaking it in your spirit, and then you can attach your, your emotions and your mind to it, and your spirit grabs a hold of it and understands it more. It challenges me of my values and my goals. Am I striving for the wrong things in my life? that thing I'm pursuing, is it a good thing that God wants me to have? How much of my life is devoted to seeking security? Security. Is that what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah? How much is it about seeking power or reputation? You know, this, this text challenges me. How about material blessings? We strive, and God wants us to be cared for, but what is our magnification of those things? This text allows me to put everything into focus and say, oh, my soul, magnify the Lord if he does not do one more thing. And so I'm just excited about this series. I'm excited about what God is saying to his church, but I encourage you to look for the divine. Look for the divine. I remember um, Joaquin and Sterling talked about this outreach that we do. We started doing it, what, four or five years ago, where we go to Dallas. It's the largest party for the homeless in the world, in the country. And, and so we were kind of excited to do it. And it's overwhelming at first because they have all these different stations and all these different floors of them giving, you know, they bring in homeless people from Fort Worth, Arlington, Dallas, all over. And, and so you can get overwhelmed with, okay, what am I supposed to do, 
right? What am I supposed to do? Francis says, oh, we're going to be over here. We're going to be washing these, these women, uh, the feet of these women who are homeless, and someone's going to go over there and help with gifts. Someone's going to give haircuts. And, and so it's overwhelming. And I remember, I think two years ago, um, Francis and I were, were particularly ministering to this one woman who had um, lost everything and was living under a bridge in Dallas. And um, it was the second or third foot washing that I did, and I was excited to be there, but then the divine happened. As I started washing her feet, she began to cry. She just began to cry, and I said, oh, I don't want to miss this. She said, I apologize because of my feet. They look like this. And here I'm worrying about the ham and stuff, gift cards, and she's shamed of her feet. And at that moment, I said, <sighs> I said, you don't need to be ashamed. I'm so glad I get to do this. And we just shared our stories with each other, and I got to pray for her. But we can miss the moment by not being mindful of the miraculous that God wants us to do. You can be doing good things but miss the divine, miss the supernatural. Don't be focused on the wrong thing. God knows you have need of him. God knows you're trying to raise your kids, but put him first. God knows you want to have provision, but does someone else need provision that you have? Is someone praying for the miracle that you have? God is mindful of us. Are we mindful of others? Truly mindful. Just close your eyes for a second and think back to the miracle of your salvation. Remember how dark it may have been. And remember how God, you don't know when it happened, but just over years of praising and years of, of reading the word and the years of fellowship, you begin to get free. You became less depressed. And the joy of the Lord became your strength. Well, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that we would have a compassion and power and, and a mindfulness to give that to someone else. This Christmas should not be about us and our needs and our little circle. It should be about how God wants to interrupt the ordinary, the broken, and manifest his strength in their lives. So what you magnify, you attract. God favors the humble. His plan for your life is good. And I want to end with this scripture. In Matthew 6, 31, 34, it says, therefore, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. What, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And all these things will be added to you. So let's get in the real Christmas spirit 
Let's hear that song over and over in our spirits and say, oh, Lord, you're good. I'm not good. You're good. And we will attract favor. He will lift us up. And you actually begin to develop an eye and an ear for the supernatural because you're magnifying it. So many Christians say, how can I hear the voice of God? How can I see? Start magnifying them. That's his love language. And then what does he do? You can't give to him and he not give to you. Then he blesses you with more, more wisdom, more insight, and more power. Stand with me. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.